How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Today, we have a really exciting special edition podcast sponsored by Braun Ambulances, built for life. On the show today are two dynamic individuals, and really, for a lack of a better term, ambassadors of the EMS brand. From the hit series Nightwatch on A&E, with me today are Titus Tiro and Holly Sherman of New Orleans EMS. Guys, Welcome, and thank you for taking time to jump on with us. Brother Mike, man, glad to be here. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Of course, guys. Listen, uh, we, we are really excited. As I said, this is kind of a little bit of a bonus uh, edition for the listeners, and we thought it was really a timely one because Nightwatch is coming back next week, and it's all the rage. Everybody's excited. So we really are happy to have you guys on. And, and with that, we have some questions for you that I'm sure the listeners um, are, are really into and, and looking for answers on. And, and Titus, you and I go back a little bit with some work we cross paths on through A&E. Holly, I have heard so much about you, and I'm really amped to have the ability to get both of you on to discuss the return of the show and really to get into some detail about the experience. I spoke to Titus the other day, and he said that you guys have been going nonstop on the promotional interviews and that he was really looking forward to our time together because he wanted it to focus on some real talk. And so I promised him that I would keep it real. So let's get going. First, congratulations on season five, guys. I think I speak on behalf of many when I say that there is a lot of excitement in the air. Holly, specifically, how has filming gone so far and why do you feel like this season is a must watch? Um, so far, it's just like jumping back in the saddle. I mean, it's something we did for so many years before that it became such second nature. Um, and, the, you know, the crews are just amazing. They're so easy to work with. So um, there's a little bit of a difference, obviously, for me, because now I'm in a different role. I got promoted to lieutenant, which means I'm primarily in a sprint car. Um, and so that was a little different, you know, not having that partner to play off of. But so, you you know, you'll be seeing a, a little different version of Holly. <laughs> Congratulations on the promotion. That's awesome. Thank you. That's great. Titus. Yes. Let's get real, right? Let's right. get real here. What's going so, on? <laughs> so I think, I think that the people love the show. Okay. There's no question about that. There's no question. My question to you is, do you think that EMS professionals love the show? And that's a hard question. That's a hard question because as a provider, I'm wondering if you feel that sometimes we're our own worst enemies when it comes to each other. Well, you know, Mike, we do always do be that Monday morning quarterback type stuff, like when the show airs. Uh, you know, we don't want it to be to a point where it's not real. And then you have a lot of EMTs and paramedics always say, well, you guys should have did this or did that. But surprisingly, A&E and 44 Blue did a great job to keep it real. So what you guys see in the field is our actual protocols. So it comes across as being professional and it comes across as being real. So we don't get that uh, negativity as too much. And um, 
that was one of the main things that we wanted to do since season one. So when they started, of course, it's TV, people coming in with the TV, but we would never go against, you know, patient care or doing a great patient assessment. So when we did that, it's almost like TV fell in line with EMS, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So when we go out, you know, just like I said, we do everything we do that our protocols. And of course, it's almost like our boss is there watching us. So, of course, we're going to keep it real and, and, you know, advocate for the patient. Absolutely. And I think that's really important to hear. Holly, I feel that sometimes we're just so cynical and judgmental of each other in this industry. And I think that that's globally. I really do. I don't really know what you can attribute that to. But I think sometimes we forget to unite as a profession. Through a series like Nightwatch, how can we change this belief and negative culture? Whereas we unite with each other and we celebrate what you guys are doing out there together. Well, I mean, to be real with you, Mike, we have received nothing but love from the entire first responder community. I think there were very few people who tried to come in and point out, you know, very minute errors like uh, and, and I can't even say errors. It's things that happen. But, you know, I remember in season one, there was a point where we had this combative patient and one of the electrodes ended up on uh, the sea collar. And so, you know, they were so quick to point out, oh, my God, the show's fake. But, you know, if you look at the monitor, there was no rhythm on the monitor because the electrode was on the sea collar. And that the first responder community actually popped back and said, if you've never had a combative patient like this, then what service do you work for? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so we never experienced that Monday morning quarterback negativity that I think these types of shows typically get. And I think it's because we kept it real and people could see that. So I think as long as we continue to do that and we keep in mind forever and always that different areas have different protocols, then I mean, you just got to, you know, sit back, chill and watch us be funny. <laughs> I love that. I really do. And, and you know, I, I've been down in New Orleans. I, I was down there uh, once for EMS World Expo. Had a great time. Totally blew my mind. Uh, everything. And it's it's wild, man. It's wild. And so people get to see that environment and that dynamic and you guys working in that dynamic. It brings a different perspective. Like you said, Holly, I think it's actually a pretty important point. Everybody works under different protocols, right? So, you know, that that makes a whole nother dynamic when people watch others provide for patients because they're only recalling off of what they are capable and able to do. Right. And I think that that brings about this mindset that we're all doing what we need to do for the patient, but we go about it in different ways, which isn't always that way in different emergency service industries. Right. And, and yo, Mike, let me piggyback off of what Holly said a little bit, too. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, I have a real deep accent, right? No. So like, so like when a lot when season one came out, we did get a lot of love, but you know, New Orleans as a culture is so different, man. Like I, I want to say a second to none, right? So when our patients are our people, so we know these people, we grew up, New Orleans is relatively small. So we know the community, we know the families and the way we talk. There's no signs of disrespect. Like, you know, we you call it, we say baby all the time, yep. or mama, and, but it's, it's just like a form of respect. But then we do have those houses we go in and you know not to call this, you know, this lady baby and stuff. But for the most part, that was a, a little negativity that, that we got from our own colleagues from the different EMS services. Like, 
well, they're just a little bit too unprofessional and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But again, we had other services come to our rescue and be like, hey, you know, everybody is different. Mm-hmm. And just like I say, it's all about the patient. Whatever could keep that patient comfortable is what we do. And that's just the way we talk and treat our patients. Yeah, that was that was the old, that was the biggest thing that we kind of, you know, had mixed reviews about. But I think people quickly realized, too, that, you know, New Orleans is its own place for a reason. And it has the the reputation that it has for a reason. And we are so you know, culturally specific here. Right. And, you know, the word baby is like our word. That's literally like people's dude, you know, right. like, what's up? Like, right. that's just how we, and I think people so quickly got that, yeah. that it, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but it was probably our biggest um, place for, yeah, negativity. Cause I think, right. I think our protocols are pretty advanced, even more so now. And, um, you know, people, I think, realize that we were doing the right thing by patients. No question. And it's funny because, again, I think that leads into my next point, which is I think everybody would agree that EMS is finally getting its moment with TV spots and social media, et cetera. I think that we would all agree that it's also starting to bring an awareness and appreciation that's long overdue. Now, with that said, like kind of to your point, Holly, in front of the camera is an awesome thing, right? It's an awesome opportunity. And even when I had a small part doing that a while back, it was great because you feel like you are empowered for the profession. But one thing is, what are some of the drawbacks or difficulties of being in front of the camera while you're trying to focus on the job? And I think that really lends itself to the point that you just made about your everyday language. I mean, it's tough because you're trying not to um, come across as inappropriate or insulting, but in the same breath, you're just trying to keep it real. Right. Well, one of the drawbacks, you know, that we got, and it's from filming a lot, and just like you said, Mike, you've been in this situation before. When when you call 911 because your mom or dad is having a heart attack and you open the door and, you know, you have cameras or whatever, that could be, you know, qu- quite a situation right there. But the camera crews does such an amazing job and season one did have a hurdle, but then we forget that the cameras are there because we focus on the patients so much and that, you know, it never, having the camera with us never interfered with patient care. I can honestly say after five years of doing this, we never had that problem. It's almost like they stayed in their lane and they kind of just grew to us. Like, you know, so they kind of know where to stand and how to position themselves and stuff like that. So like going on calls with cameras is, is really not a big deal as as now as season five. It's pretty much people know who we are. You would be surprised. We get calls to dispatch to send the night watch truck. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what I mean? <laughs> so it's yep. just like we got we got to a point is like that. And like our dispatchers are great. They were like, no, we're going to send the closest unit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. Right. But there's, it, it, created, it created a level of trust, I think, right. between us and the community, you know, putting us out there, not only for the ambassadors as, you know, for EMS as a whole, but also within our community. And so, right. you know, when people see myself or Titus, you know, there's this automatic trust there that was forged right. by them seeing how well we took care of people. And I hope that that's within every community that it forged a trust between any community and their providers to say, you know, they they feel that level of trust. But it definitely did that for us. And I know, you know, there have been times where I've walked into a patient's house and they're just like, oh my God, Holly, like, thank yeah. God, you know, and, and it's an, I don't have to build a trust with that person. It just exists. And that's not something to take for granted. Like, that's amazing. 
that is amazing. And, and I think ultimately that is what, that is what we're looking for, right? As, as EMS getting, getting that moment in the arena where we're recognized and not just that, like if somebody recognizes your name, I mean, how awesome is that? You have the ability that that comfort level is there. And, and let's be honest in this day and age, cameras have become a bit of a stigma in emergency services, not just EMS, right? right? There's a lot of fear involved with having cameras. But if you flip that and you look at the positives, the camera can be your best friend. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you gotta, you gotta realize it like this, man, before, uh, and he took on a project to give this platform. Like, not too many people know, Mike. I mean, you know that what we do. Like, you know, we ambulance drivers. You know, we just uh, mm-hmm. pick a patient up and bring him to the hospital. Andy is showing what we do in back of that ambulance and how we're taking care of these family members. And like Holly said, it's a trust factor. Like when we go there, not just us, we hope that it builds that trust, like Holly said, with the other services. So when that, you know, 35-year-old call for his, you know, 80-year-old grandmother, because she's having a stroke that he knows that the, um, you know, the professional of care is going to be there because they know that EMS is going to do his job and get his grandmother to the hospital. So that's the platform that we want to really set. And I can tell you my one thing to the first responder community and I, and any paramedic that has ever reached out to me and I've talked to at length can tell you this one thing. We have to rise to that challenge though. If we're asking to be recognized, we're asking to be paid more, we're asking for the same respect that all of, you know, healthcare and and the other parts of, you know, the first responder systems have. If we're asking for that, we have to step up as clinicians and as human beings and do the absolute best job that we can on every single call, no matter how mundane and no matter how critical. And I think if we can rise to the occasion, we are in a perfect position right now as a first responder community as paramedics that are, you know, being recognized and being seen because of things like this show, if we step up, we can get what we deserve and we can build something huge. Preach, Charlie. Preach. Preach. This is what I'm talking about. If you want to be respected, you have to show respect. If it's your 13th job of the day and you're shot and you go up acting like you are shot, that's right. the first interaction that person's had with EMS. That's the lasting impression. I have a general rule that I would challenge anybody to pay attention to. When you get a call and you tell yourself the first thing, can we curse? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. So if the first thing you say to yourself, this is complete and total BS, right? This person's going to be fine. Everything's fine. And so you walk in with an attitude, right? That is either going to be one of two things. It's either going to be the nicest person you've come across that day and you just ruined it, or it's going to be the sickest patient that you've come across that day. I feel like that also is a general rule for if you're getting a late call. It is either going to be something very simple, but just one of the nicest human beings you could meet, or this patient is going to be so sick that you just can't even be mad anymore. You know, but you have to open yourself up and realize, you know, one person cannot pay for the mistakes of the next, no. which is a huge pitfall of this job. We go from seeing the most critical things to the most mundane things. And I think, you know, when you go from somebody shot in the face to, you know, a 24 year old with a headache that hasn't even taken Tylenol, right. you want to make them pay for it as if it's their fault. And it's not, you know what I mean? But that's, that's something that's so hard that we deal with is seeing those extremes. But we have to challenge ourselves to go into every single call with a good attitude. 
awesome points. The patients will never, ever remember intubation attempts, IV attempts, or anything else. They'll remember holding your hand, right? right? And they'll remember the interpersonal interaction. That's what they're going to remember at the end of the day. And that is what we have to take with us as providers. Listen, we've battled through COVID, right? We've battled through COVID over the last year. You know, I know it's been extremely difficult. And EMS has been at the forefront of this battle from day one. And Nightwatch now really is a microcosm as to how we have dealt with this. It's going to show the folks how we've been dealing with this the entire time. Titus, how has this physically and emotionally acted upon you and your colleagues during the filming? Yeah, well, look, I have two things with that. With COVID, people in New Orleans, when we generally see each other, even if I go on a call, I just want to hug them. Like, I mean, that's just the way I am, right? So, I mean, that's one thing I took that, you know, that was taken away with the COVID, like the actual interaction with the family members. Because, you know, that son needs a hug sometimes when you're dealing with that, you know, ADO stroke victim. But originally when COVID first came out, I was placed in dispatch. So I was really the first person that someone would call. I mean, when they when they call EMS, I would be one of the uh, you know first people they talked to. So my job specifically was to talk to these possible corona patients. So a lot of people was really anxious. This was back when we didn't really know what was going on. So it was a lot of anxiety coming on. And our queue was so stacked up with so many calls, I had to call back and talk to these people. But it was just an educational thing. I think once the education came out and the facts started coming about Corona, it you know it brought the anxiety down, and that was one of the main things. And it took less stress off the EMS service because being here firsthand, Mike, man, our call queue was so packed up, <laughs> and we still had the gunshots, we still had the strokes, we still had the hypertension crisis going on, and we was running like crazy so i mean i have to praise our paramedics at new orleans ems and the other services for just handling their business but the main thing for me was just the interaction with the family members and you know i kind of knew what to do for the ppe and stuff like that when i was on the street but just bringing the entire situation down because in everybody mind they had covid any shortness of breath covid anxiety covid chest pain covid so, I mean, you just had to really bring it down. And, and that was the, one of the main things we had to deal with. I agree. And I think that the viewers will see that. And they're going to take what they're watching in your episodes, and they're going to bring it back to their life and what they've experienced. And for those that are not in the service, they're going to get an appreciation as to the the interpersonal workings of what you just said, Titus. It's all about the the patient and the people and literally the deep empathy that you have for these folks and what they're going through. So, you know, I, I know that I look forward to that and I'm sure that the viewers do as well. Transitioning, Holly, I understand that you yes, recently had a baby boy. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm not getting too deep, maybe you can share the name of your son with us. His name is Saint, S-A-I-N. There it is. And I knew it. I, it and that must have something to do. <laughs> with New Orleans, right? Just has to have something to do. Actually, it, it really doesn't. Um, okay, all right, all right, hey, that's fine. It may- Derek and I just could not agree. And then one day it just popped out of his mouth and I was like, okay, I love it. And he was like, uh, well, I love it too. And, and it just became that. That's a home run, I love it. So now I know that Titus has a boy as well. And so I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious if 
if and how your mindset of the job changed once you had a child? Oh, for me, for me, it was a huge change that I never expected. I love this job so much. And when I tell you I'm one of those people that I love it as much today as I did, you know, 13 years ago when I started and I've never had a dark period where I've questioned if this job was for me. I've never experienced burnout. And that is being 197.6% honest with you. I've never experienced burnout ever. Um, but when COVID hit and I was intubating, you know, seven people a day, and we didn't know, you know, how transmissible it was and how sick people would get and people were dropping like flies and there were 20 year olds and 30 year olds and 40 year olds. I honestly questioned, you know, if this job was for me and if I could continue doing it because with, you know, Derek and I are both paramedics. He works days, I work nights on the same day. And so it, you know, my son was constantly being exposed and that was a little terrifying to the point where, you know, we discussed walking away. Yeah, it, it was big. It was big in my household too, Mike. It, it got to a point where, uh, just like Holly said, we didn't know what was going on. So my wife literally used to meet me at the garage with like goggles on, gloves and, and, and Lysol and made me strip butt naked to my uh, <laughs> my boxers. And you can imagine that, right? Yeah, and and no. I like, you just you know, spray me off and like, you know, she'll be like, you know, don't touch nothing in my house until get your big ass in this shower. Like, you know, <laughs> she, she used to be like that. So that that was the scariest part. And just to give you uh, a little personal, because I like you, Mike, right? We're going to go personal with it. All right. My wife and my son uh, contracted Corona, right? So that was a big thing for me because even though I was negative, I just thought that I transmitted that to my family. So that was a scary, scary thing. Yeah. There's nothing like sitting in that doctor's office and like, you know, your wife's is sat in that 82% and, and he's looking at you saying that your kid has Corona. So it's like, I mean, I thought it was just over with and, and seeing the horrible and the horrific things that COVID did to the, our community, I was, literally was thinking about stepping back. But my wife talked me into it to stay. So if I stepped down, if everybody stepped back, there would right. be nobody here for the community. Right. And we carry that on our shoulders and we carry it proudly. And that's that's what that's what gets to me about EMS consistently being left out of the words front line. Yep. Because the reality and the actuality is we are the very first front line. When anybody else stopped responding, we did not. We had no choice. Right. And so you know, we are the first ones to come into contact with a patient. And it's not just a patient. It's their house, their family, their car, their garage, whatever it is, we have to be exposed to the entire situation. And so to me, there is nobody closer to the front of the, we are standing on the line. Okay. There's a hundred percent. No one closer there. There aren't. And that's why EMS are the frontline warriors. And that's why everything that you guys just discussed is true and that the, the folks that are going to be able to watch this, they're going to gain a lot from it. And, you know, I, I, again, I cannot thank you guys enough for coming on with us today. It, this was much of a thrill for me as it was uh, for the listeners, hopefully, because we kept it real. And that right. was that was what it was all about was keeping it real. I applaud 
applaud you for your very thoughtful questions. Yeah, my and I'll just let you know we can do this anytime. For a full <laughs> well, maybe we can do that down at EMS World Expo in Atlanta, Georgia, October fourth to the eighth, because we're gonna keep it real. We're gonna keep it real down there, and. You know, again, I want to thank uh, Titus and Holly for hopping on with us. And just to remind everyone that the season premiere of Nightwatch Season 5 is next Thursday on A&E, 10 p.m. Eastern Pacific. Make sure you're tuning in. I also want to give a special shout out to A&E for what they've done to allow EMS to be at the forefront and get the recognition and afford them the opportunity to have their own shows and series that show what we do. It's not to put down police, fire, or anyone else, but EMS deserves that recognition. I do want to thank them for that. I also want to once again thank Braun Ambulances for sponsoring this podcast. New Orleans EMS runs a fleet of customized Braun Liberty ambulances, and I know they are incredibly honored to provide a quality product to a quality agency. And again, Titus, Holly, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing you guys really soon. And uh, thanks for hopping on, and best of luck to all of you guys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. We appreciate it. And like I said, we want to applaud Annie too for bringing this uh, platform so the world can see it. Actually, Titus, I'm going to applaud you. The show exists. Uh, because I don't know if y'all know this or not. This is a whole other episode. <laughs> the show exists because of Titus. Oh. Because Titus is such an amazing, bubbly, fantastic person that, you know, he caught the right person's attention. Right. See that. See That's my bubbly guy right there. That's what I call him. I'll give you a little insight. I never told this to anybody and nobody knows. So this is exclusive for you. Don't you break HIPAA. No, we're not going to break. I'm about to say, Holly and I have been friends for so long that uh, what people don't know is that we went to EMT school together. We sat next uh, together in class. So I've been knowing this great young lady for years. That's just something that nobody else knew. But now, Mike, you and your listeners know that. Well, that is awesome. And I just want to know who cheated off of who. Right. Oh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. He'll he'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the he, truth. He, he, if, if it wouldn't have been for me, Titus wouldn't be sitting here today. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's fine. I didn't know. I didn't know what. Uh, oh God, I remember this. I didn't know like. I mean, I graduated in in marketing from UNO, right. so I didn't know what a uh, syncope episode was. Mm-hmm. Right. So syncope. So the teacher was saying, "Hey, you know, study this and that," and I just looked at Holly like, "What does that mean?" And she was like. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was like, right. but that was that was week one. But I, I think I turned out to be all right, though. Mike. Listen, man, the world's watching, pal. So don't worry about it. All right, good. Listen, guys, you're the best. We love you all, and we and we are going to watch next Thursday. Thanks for hopping on with us. All right. This is another episode of EMS World Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. We'll catch you next time. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.